0: My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire, and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Welcome to another day as we continue our journey through the Word of God. And today we're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and looking at verses 1 through to verse 6. The Apostle Paul here is now starting to really get into the issues going on in the church in Corinth. The whole point of the book of 1 Corinthians is for Paul to address the, the, the issues within the church themselves, which was a lot of things to do with the fact that they just thought they were way more spiritual than they really were. So then Paul has to continually establish his credentials and how they view him and are they going to listen to what he's going to write back to them. Because part of the deal was that they had actually written him a letter with issues that they wanted him to speak to. So he has to establish whether they're going to listen to him or not. So he starts off in verse 1 of chapter four. He says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Paul says that he and the other apostles, us, should be regarded as servants by the church in Corinth. He had a real problem with the church in Corinth and the Corinthians because they had this position of looking down on Paul and they didn't respect his apostolic authority. So he chooses his words very carefully and he's going to show them how to have the right regard for him, not too high, but also not too low, when it came to him and the other apostles. Now, there are there's a few different words in the language of the New Testament that talk about what a servant is. Here, the Apostle Paul uses the Greek word hyperitus, which describes a, a, a sub, subordinate servant who actually lives as a free man. He doesn't use the more common New Testament word for a servant, which is doulos, which basically talks about a common slave. Now the word hyperitus literally means somebody who is an under rower. Trap says this in the sense that someone is a rower on a big galley ship. So though it is not the most lowly word for a servant, it certainly is not the most prestigious position. Under rowers serve Christ the master pilot helping forward the ship of the church toward the heaven that is its haven. Now, Morgan, G. Campbell Morgan, describes this under rower as somebody who acts under direction. They don't ask questions. They do what they have been asked to do without hesitation, follow their calling, and they report to the one who is over them. This is what Paul is talking about, okay? In addition to being a servant, Paul wants to be considered a steward who was the manager of the household, not somebody who owned what the household had but managed what was in the household. They were still a slave. A steward was still a slave. But in relation to other slaves, they were the master. Clark says this, The steward was the master's deputy in regulating the concerns of the family, providing food for the household, seeing it served out at proper times and seasons, and in proper quantities. He received all the cash, expended what was necessary for the support of the family, and kept exact amounts for which he was obliged at certain times to lay before the master. So then Paul says something interesting. He said, we are stewards of the mysteries of God. What did Paul... And the other apostles manage in the household of God? Among other things, they were the stewards of the mysteries of God. They preserved, they protected these mysteries. They then dispensed these mysteries and they distributed the truth of God. So, whenever Paul would receive criticism, which happened to him a lot, he would say, Hey, Don't criticize me. Did I tell you the truth or not? Don't get upset at me about the truth. Just tell me, did I tell you the truth? Right, I told you the truth. Don't get upset at me if you don't like the truth. He was more concerned with being a steward of the truth than whether people liked him in relation to his distribution of the truth. And he says it's found and required in servants that one be found faithful. For stewards the most important thing is faithfulness. They had to be not just efficient managers of their master's resources. A steward never owned the property or the resources that he used or dealt with. He simply managed it for his master. And he had to manage it faithfully. And that's you and me. We are given something to manage and we have we have to be faithful with it. Because... If we're God's servants, we are only answerable to him, which is what he's about to go on and talk about in verse 3. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know nothing against myself. Yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring light Bring to light, sorry, the the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsel of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. So he says, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you. Paul, look, the, the fact that you have such a little and low estimation of me really doesn't matter much to me. It's what God judges that's important to me. Guzik, can or should every Christian today have the same attitude? Should we have no or little regard for what other Christians think about us and just say, he who judges me is the Lord? We can only say this in the full sense that Paul means it, if we are apostles. If the Corinthians claimed that Paul could not judge them and that they would simply wait for God's judgment, Paul would remind them that he is the father to them and has the right to correct their behavior. Then he goes on and says, look, in fact, I don't even judge myself. See, our estimation of ourselves is usually wrong, and Paul knew that. We're we're usually one of two things when it comes to ourselves. Either too hard and harsh, or we're too easy on ourselves. One of the two. We very rarely get it exactly right. Paul says, I recognize this, so I'm not going to even try and judge myself. He who judges me is the Lord, for I know nothing against myself, yet I'm not justified by this. Paul recognizes that he doesn't stand in some perfect state of justification just because he had a clear conscience and couldn't find a problem with himself. He knew that his righteousness came from Jesus, not from his own personal life and what he did, even though he had a godly walk. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Uh, Paul saying, you, you know, you, you act like you're a judge at some kind of contest, qualified to say who's winning and who's losing. But Jesus is the only judge and and you're judging people before they've even finished doing what they were doing. And he says there's something very important about God who will bring both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsel of men's hearts. See when when Jesus judges us it will be according to the motives of our heart. Okay? This is what Paul's talking about here not only the outward action. See, there's a lot of things that are in our heart we're trying to do the right thing, but we do the wrong thing, but our heart was trying to do the right thing. But it's a great example of why human judgment is just wrong. And Paul says, I feel very free to disregard any harsh judgment that you have of me, because each one's praise will come from God. So I know I'm not going to get much praise from you, but that doesn't bother me. Because there's a day coming when my praise will come from God, not from you. Which is then when he launches into a little bit of a sarcastic rebuke of the pride that the Corinthians had. And he couldn't help himself. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. Paul spoke in the first few verses of this chapter of apostles being servants and stewards. So the Corinthian Christians would hopefully learn a better way to see the apostles. That you may learn In us not to think beyond what is written. So, Paul's hoping that his writing is going to help the Corinthian Christians learn to keep their thinking through a biblical lens and not to use standards that are outside the Word of God to judge either him or other apostles or other Christians. And many people today evaluate other Christians on things that have nothing to do with biblical standards. And in the broader sense here, it is an important lesson not to think beyond what is written. We have to take every piece of guidance from the Bible. Uh, It it used to be that something had to be in the Bible to be biblical. (laughs) Today, people say things that are biblical if they can't find a verse to condemn what they think. This is to think beyond what is written. In other words, don't say, well, it's not in the Bible, therefore I can. That none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. When when the Corinthian Christians used unbiblical standards to judge the apostles, then they could say, well, I like this apostle, but I hate this apostle. And they were basing that on standards that were not right. But if they learned to not think beyond what was written, they would probably not take sides on the apostles, which is what 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 said that they actually did. So Paul knew they were doing it based on what they'd already said to him about who they were from. And the observation for us today is very important. It's understanding the the words of the apostle Paul and how they apply to our lives. What what do they mean for us as we we go through and we think about this and we go oh, okay am I a steward uh, am I a servant where do I fit in that um, and, and what what does that mean for me and 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 am I judging other people and well, am I using what the Bible says and am I, am I making up things just because it's not in the Bible these are the takeaways for us today so let me pray. And I want you to put down the comments below, what do you get out of this? Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that we would have a positive sense of conviction about this today. What does that mean for us? Lord, light the things in us. Put Shine a light on them of any rebuke that we need to take from you about thinking that's just wrong in our lives. And Lord, let us understand, Father, that none of us should be puffed up one against the other. But the God that we should make all things about Jesus and reflect everything that we do in our lives. Make it reflective of Jesus. In your name we pray. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.